Let's all take a moment to figure this out together. So the university where he's attending did a few things. One, he could not attend classes anymore. Right. He's off campus. Can't go to the libraries because he could be in contact with the complainant. I know common areas are always restricted. Common areas restricted, library restricted. He could go to his lectures and go home. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first sanction in place, which, you, which really, if you like your university career and you enjoy that camaraderie of being at libraries and study groups, and all gone for this young man. Next, they wanted to pursue their investigation and they said, you have a choice. We've interviewed the complainant. You're not entitled to her statement to us. We'll give you a summary. Does your client want to give a statement to us? If not, we'll make a finding. We'll make a finding without his statement. Before there's a f***ing trial. Before there's a trial. Right. So most criminal lawyers at that stage will go, look, dude, anything you can say to them in any type of format, whether it's an interview or whatever, can and will be used against you should the Crown or the police seek to get that interview. It's not confidential. Yeah, we didn't it can do be that. subpoenaed. Right, but just... You have to choose between your academic future and career and your criminal case. Imagine that you're 20 some odd years of age. You're a 4.0 GP. You work your ass off. And I've do done well nothing wrong. School. And you're the you, victim you of a stalker. You know you've done nothing wrong. And you're you the know, victim of a stalker. You know you've been wronged. Now what do you decide? What do you decide? This is a real case. This is one of many. I actually was, uh, you know, working on a case with somebody else um, a number of years ago. Before, of course, I was, you know, working with you. Joined her. But um, it was just a crazy case where she said, "My body remembered." So she right. thought, right? That's that a her, great point. She thought that her memories could be stored in body parts that were not her brain. Right. And she was believed. And so this is a problem. <laughs> Say that again to the camera, whichever camera, that one. She had that one. She had body memories that she said, I didn't, I was blacked out. I was unconscious, but my body remembered. And so something happened that triggered her and her body restored her memories. And she was believed. And the person was convicted. Right. Seriously? And nothing but a joke in the middle of the night you think this is some stupid show you watch at two o'clock in the morning on some obscure channel on your tv or on radio like 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 science from i don't know where to look that's my science from pluto but this was real i know real 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 my body remembered that's my camera joe i'm sorry my body remembered you know what my body remembers? How fat I got over COVID and I can't get my body to forget that so I can get slimmer. <laughs> For survivors, the court experience is re-traumatizing. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to send someone to jail? You're going to have to talk about... Uh, no, you know. just f me. <laughs> For survivors, the court experience is re-traumatizing. They're trying to poke holes in your story. They're trying to make you doubt yourself. That's how sexual assault trials play out. Oh, I guess every sexual assault allegation is true. Is true. Yeah, obviously. You should hashtag believe women.
But also, please, this, just, this... I've been so f***ing quiet. <laughs> okay. Okay, please. The stage is yours. Get this, people. Get this, okay? A sexual assault trial re-traumatizes the victim. Is that where you want to be? You traumatize the victim, Joseph, because yeah. you ask them questions. It's due process. It's a trial process for every single f***ing case we have. Murder, robbery, theft, fraud. Forcible what? confinement. Forcible confinement. Sexual assault, we should have something completely different. Look, it's a trial process. Okay, so let's go back. Let's yeah. circle back for a moment. So Bill C-75 originally, I love you, Justin. Uh, Justin and, and his, his minister at the time of justice wanted to have individuals charged with domestic violence. With no criminal record. With no criminal record to have the onus to establish why they should be released. Pause. I want a dramatic pause. I want people to, if there's anybody watching this who gives a shit about liberty to think about that. Your current prime minister, and back then, what year was this? 2019. It was passed in, in uh, 20, the end of 2018. Right. So the minister at that time of justice, they wanted, they wanted that anybody accused of domestic violence would have to prove why the f they should get out on bail. Um, Pause. But if you were charged with, but if you were charged with manslaughter, it was still the crown onus. That's why I love you. So stop. So stop, 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 stop. This is great. We got a pa dramatic pause. Right. So if they had their way, this asshole yeah. would have had anybody charged with domestic violence, male or female, have to prove why they would get out on jail. But if you're charged with manslaughter, non-domestic related, you, could, you, you, you don't have the onus. Justin so. didn't actually write the bill. I just want to be a little bit fair there. <laughs> That, you well, know. he couldn't write the bill. Do you Is think he could construct the bill? <laughs> no. He's just good at looking good on camera and like wearing fancy socks. But <clears throat> so, but he he's totally like happy to like do anything that makes him look feminist. <clears throat> but I was thinking about this earlier. Dave actually, Chappelle we were talking had about a great. Else. Dave Chappelle in his when, recent. His when recent... it comes to him being accused, he's like, "Oh, men and women have different perceptions." Can you imagine that being an, a legitimate defense in court? No. Men and women have... No. No. I, wish, no. I, no, I could be totally drunk and I still would not recognize that. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. But nobody gets how close, how close you came as a population in this country to your governing party, the government. That party almost took away your right to bail. If, God forbid... You were charged with a domestic offense. Which has a hundred, almost 100% charging policy. Right. 100% charging policy. On nothing but And they can arise him. out of a high conflict divorce where either party wants to f*** over the other party just because they want the house, they want to get the kids. And don't tell me that people are nice. Don't tell me that people in a divorce are going to be nice to each other. Don't tell me that we're inherently benign. <laughs> f*** you. No. People are self-interested and they'll do whatever they want to survive. And the reality is, our criminal justice system has to be a base to protect interests. 
And we don't blame the Crown attorneys in these no, cases. No, they're because totally, they're in, in all these cases we're talking about, yeah. actually we have a lot of admiration absolutely. for the Crown attorneys because their hands are tied yeah, by the government policy, by our feminist prime minister. F*** you for this policy. F*** you for mandatory charging, mandatory prosecution. Crown attorneys and police officers need greater discretion. F*** you, government. They need discretion to at least ask, ask appropriate questions oh, for an for investigation. God's do a proper investigation. But the reality is when we construct a cross-examination and really dig down on a majority of our cases, it's disgusting when we get down to it. The f***ing lie. We had a case, f*** it, I'm going to say it, falsified a marriage certificate to try and get access to property of her common-law spouse. Yeah. It's falsified. And we still went to trial. And it's still in the face of the obvious, and they're denying it. But we're still going forward. He's going to get acquitted. But it's bullshit. And that's what's going on. And nobody gets it. And when clients come to us, they're like, how can this happen to me? Nobody pays attention to our government. It's been so many months. How come you haven't... I haven't I have watched the case by the month. why can't you get this withdrawn on the first date? Can't we just go to the Grand Attorney and say they're lying? No, we can't. Pay attention to Justin Trudeau, Doug Ford, and our government who has mandatory policies on these cases. Pay attention. And this is when I talk about the truth and we talk about who can you believe, who can you trust. It's ridiculous. You know, what came out from this case, which is why I guess we're talking about this during this episode, um, is because it was so incredibly scary that um, you had a human interaction between people where somebody was saying, well, I'm getting close, I'm getting close, and then climaxed. And it got reverse engineered into her not consenting to anything, that the, everything was completely unenjoyable. And that the suggestion was that there should have been not only verbal consent, but at one point the person slipped, the Crown Attorney slipped and said, enthusiastic consent. Right. And that is an insight into where dangerously we could go if we allow this to happen in our justice system. Yes means yes. It doesn't have to be enthusiastic. That's what she said. <laughs> yes means yes. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be enthusiastic. Not at all. You're not... Like, that's asking women to be over the top ridiculous. In the same way that it's just like... Expecting a guy to say, is it okay if I kiss you? Is almost an assured way of making sure you don't get kissed. Maybe. It, it, you know, it could be pretty hot in certain circumstances, but leaving that aside. But Can I kiss you down there? Maybe. That's what he asked that. He asked. That's what she said. He asked at various <laughs> steps of the ways, and she agreed to that. But the, here's the danger, and this is what. The, the, this is the whole point of this episode. This is not the first case that we have come across with cross examination of our client, where two people are generally not familiar with each other, but on a date where actually the sexual contact was absolutely consensual. Absolutely consensual. And the suggestion is it would have been better in the circumstances where you don't know each other than testing the waters that it should be verbal consent. Communicated consent should be verbal. And then it slipped out in this case about enthusiastic. And, 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 and we have to get His this across. His own case law. His own case law said that it is not the law in Canada that you require right. verbal consent. The argument was completely undermined by the case law, but that's not what scared me. What scared me so much and scared you 
was where we are going in cross-examination, where we're going in these cases. And the government lawyers are prepared to ask these questions and then make submissions on that basis. Where That's where we got to be careful. That's where we got to be very careful where we're going to go as a society. And we've said it before. We're ruining, ruining how humans interact and we're letting the government into our bedroom. So in this particular case, where two people were just where it came out, where it came out into the evidence, it just drove me nuts. This person actually said to me, I didn't enjoy everything. The conversation was awful. The whole interaction was awful. There's nothing I enjoyed. I didn't want to be there. I was going to leave. And then under cross-examination is as if it was a different witness. I know. Right? Totally different story. No, I wanted to go into his bedroom because I was enjoying the evening, because I wanted to continue the conversation, because I wanted to go in and talk to him more. And then what's and it, suggested? The fact that she agreed with you when you suggested these things were true apparently adds to her credibility. Well, that's a very good point, too, because the Crown tried to say, because, because of my generally brilliant cross-examination, and I was able to corner the complainant, thank you, but corner the complainant on evidence that's real and that she had to admit this stuff, her her answers to me in the affirmative of my suggestions, in other words, my cross-examination... Readily agreeing she lied. ...added to her credibility. I mean, I don't know how to get this across in this podcast to try and establish how f***ing dangerous this is and how you have to be astute to what these issues are because this is where we're going as a society. And God forbid our politicians endorse this in the upcoming elections and want more policies in place and change legislation so that we're going to get to an area of having verbal consent and get to an area where testing the waters is truly illegal. Because we're all f***ed then. And we have a client who's currently charged with um, his wife waking up and saying, he's he's snuggling and she says, your hand's on my breast. He says, no, it's not. And uh, she says, yes, it is. And now he's charged with that. Camera on me. I'm defending that young, that gentleman. Yeah. And we're going to win. But. um, (laughs) He cuddled. That's a result of J.A. And while she was sleeping, his hand was on her breast. Yeah. Oh my God, we should send him to jail. (laughs) I know. That's a case. And this is the dangerous... No, 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 no. You need to put him on the sex offender registry. Dramatic pause. That's a case. It's an actual real... Your Canadian tax dollars are so well spent. We got lineups. You sit in f***ing emergency for five hours before you can maybe get a room? Eight hours? Maybe 24 hours? But we're going to litigate a husband and wife. Honey. Honey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and how many times does a, you know, does a woman like to wake their husband up with a blowjob, maybe? Do you think there would ever, ever be a man who would complain about that? I have, I have never had that case. Obscene. I want that case. I want that case. It should never happen. I want that case. Because you know what? It would never happen. I know. You know why? You know why? Because you don't get PTSD from that. (laughs) You know what? Because this is not how humans relate. This is not how humans relate. Our client, my client, is there with a bunch of buddies. And, you know, they meet some girls. The girls come to their site. Everybody drinks. Campsite. Campsite. You know, you set up your camps. Everybody's drinking, doing marijuana. You know, it's love, peace, and everything else. And they wind up having intimate relations. And then my client makes the mistake of not wanting to stay in the tent, but wants to say, hey, let's go out. 
Literally, it's in the statement. Let's just go out and hang out with everybody and just continue to party a little bit, okay? Right, yeah. She leaves on her, her own. conversation's not that She's pissed. She leaves on her own accord. And then when she wakes up the next day, I was raped. Mm-hmm. Goes to police. Alleges she was too intoxicated to consent. The police, at least, God bless this police service, they went out and interviewed a whole bunch of people. But here's the interesting thing. Those people that supported the complainant's evidence, they videotaped their statements. Those that did not support the complainant's evidence, they took handwritten notes and had them sign it. So then, I had to track these people down, try and get them interviewed, and when I wanted to have, back then when we had preliminary inquiries, thank you, Justin, for taking away preliminary inquiries for sexual assaults, um, I, sub- I had to subpoena them. And guess what? Crown wouldn't give me the addresses. I'm like, what the f***? Am I a clairvoyant? <laughs> yeah. They, like, what am I, I supposed I, to f- yeah, do? So I, I had to bring a motion to get the addresses. Just let me rant for a moment. Okay. I yeah. have to bring a motion. I'm just thinking of how many, how many other cases we could talk about. We could go on forever, but how many... But can you like, imagine? There's so many. They interview eight people. They don't take video statements from them, and they say certain things that does not help the Crown's prosecution. And they're just scribbled notes with some signatures. I can't even get the f***ing addresses of these people. Never mind. Thank God I can read police officers' notes. That's what I was about to say. I've tried. I can't even read them. It's an acquired skill. It's like It's like they went to doctor school on how to write illegibly. It's crazy. Yeah. But so, anyways, I battle through that. I can read it. I get so, and then I have to bring a motion, and then a judge, thank God, says to the crown, "Really, give them, give them the fucking addresses." Yeah, I was in a, I was in a situation where they wouldn't subpoena the, the crown, wouldn't help the defense locate a witness that was the father of their own complainant. They wouldn't help us locate them, and the judge had to actually say, "Well, I can't. I'm not in the position to give an order." But I strongly suggest that you assist the defense in locating the witness. But it's this is crazy. This is real. This is real. This is not bullshit. We're not just saying this so you actually. I've been only doing it. For we're not saying this so you actually years, like, review, years. or subscribe to our podcast. Okay. This is real shit that goes on. This is real shit. And so and when I it was comes lucky for enough. you, you're going to be wondering how it all happened. No, but I was lucky enough to be able to subpoena these people to a preliminary inquiry. Let me segue for a second. Preliminary inquiry is a hearing before trial where the Crown proceeds by indictment. It's been in existence for three years until Justin Trudeau. Three years? More more than that. 300 years. 300 300 years. 300 years until Justin Trudeau and Wilson Raybould, the justice minister at the time, eradicated it because they didn't want victims to testify more than once. (laughs) Fuck you. You took away those prelims, which are incredibly important. This prelim was a perfect example. I subpoenaed every single witness. And when I was done, guess what happened? Pausing, dramatic pause. Somebody say from the audience, the charges were withdrawn. withdrawn. You know why? Because he was fucking innocent. He was fucking innocent. The complainant, not only when she was pissed off, after he wouldn't f***ing cuddle her in the tent. Left the campsite and went to another guy on another campsite and started making out with him. And I subpoenaed that motherfucking witness and I asked him, hey, did she she ask you for consent? 
Mm-hmm. Well, but just think about that. I this know. is real. I asked the guy, did she ask for your consent before she mounted her lips on yours and grabbed your crotch? And he goes, no, but I didn't mind, dude. It was okay. But my client had to face this and spend thousands of dollars. And then our prime minister got rid of prelims. Like, where do we so live? The evidence was being called by the prosecution to show that victims do not remember the details of an assault because the memories of traumatic events are stored in a different part of the brain, the amygdala, from regular events which are stored in the hippocampus. What bullshit? I don't care where it's stored. They actually don't know where it's stored. They don't know. They don't know. I know. They don't know. There's one expert, actually. If they did, they'd cure dementia. They don't know. A, a great, um, I, was, I think it was This is ridiculous. Was this was in an actual trial. Yeah, it's not even worth reading. It's ridiculous. Well, no, his findings and why he rejected her evidence are worth reading. No, but the prosecution, just think about how they try to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so offensive. It assumes they're a victim at the beginning, which is, you know... The Crown proposed to lead evidence of this reason. expert as to how the human brain processes traumatic events as opposed to normal events. In particular, evidence that would show that victims do not remember the details of an assault because the memories of traumatic events are stored in a different part of the brain. Mm -hmm. Like, in essence, so you can't cross-examine somebody who's a complainant in a sexual assault case about inconsistencies or f***ing details about what happened because they can't store them because of the trauma. It's Can worse. you imagine? It's worse. Inconsistencies are proof of rape. Listen. Say it again. This is what they Slowly. say. They claim that all the things that would normally undermine either the credibility or reliable, okay. reliability of evidence, inconsistencies, which are the core of cross-examination, doesn't matter because the more inconsistent they are, the more it's proof that they were traumatized. Can you just imagine, this is happening in prosecutions of sexual assault cases, okay? But can you imagine how this would impact every other area of prosecutions? Like, like an eyewitness in a homicide case, like, you know, witnesses in a terrorist act. Uh, let's say, you know, we, we had horrible mass casualty events here, one of them which went to trial, and you have witnesses testifying as to what they saw. Can you imagine if this f testified about it? And said, you know so, what, all these witnesses who are testifying, I just, I just let me yeah, do this. Yeah. All these witnesses who are testifying about witnessing this horrible attack in, in Toronto, you know, they may not be able to be accurately uh, giving you evidence because they're not able to encode it or, or keep it in their memory. And then, you know, maybe a juror or, or, or a judge would go, well, isn't that a problem for reliability? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I convict this guy if these witnesses never could could really recount what they saw because they can't just can you imagine the impact of it so they're trying to sell you shit in this type of a case only sexual assault cases but, but not with a really pretty package though oh, but not have it infect any other area of criminal law please understand the seriousness of it it's an absolute joke he mentioned the elimination of peremptory challenges and stuff like that too oh, <laughs> i know it's complicated but I it's just that there that. was a Storm I said preliminary inquiries. Things that, oh, yeah. preliminary inquiries. Oh, okay. Preemptory challenges things. or preliminary Pre inquiries. Yeah. Well, there was a storm of things. So there was the, there was, the new yeah, rules two. of um, evidence. Then there was the elimination of preliminary hearings. Right. So you didn't have access to try and get things under oath in advance. 
Preliminary hearings went bye-bye for sexual assault cases and a bunch of others 14 years or under. And then there was the elimination of sexual assaults. Right. And then there was the elimination of jury selection with the elimination of challenges with a peremptory challenge. So all of these things happened at the same time. And this is the snapshot I'm seeing with the, you know, uh, appeals being made is like all of these people going, well, we don't think this was fair because, you know, this other judge said this thing. And like everybody was just it was chaos, absolute chaos. Yeah, no, this... You picked a jury in a murder case right after that came in. Literally a decision. You didn't know what to do. Yeah, it was... Sure, look upon the accused. Yeah. Couldn't say anything. On on the Monday after. Can you imagine you pick juries in Canada? You don't know all about your jury? And the judge didn't know. Everybody, First 12, come on up. Do you hate people? Do you hate hate indigenous people? No, we don't know. There's no way to know. Why should we even check? You know why? Because they're politicians or morons. This is why I say you don't get good criminal justice policies by our politicians who are f-ing idiots reacting to one case in Saskatchewan. Don't, ela- don't eradicate 200 years of a practice because you think you know what you're doing. And you're wrong. You're just f-ing wrong. And our Supreme Court can't say it's okay. Just a little no correction. Problem. You do get to ask if they hate natives. You do get to ask that. <laughs> That one question. That one question. <laughs> what do you think they're going to say? Juror, here, let's, let's pretend. Stand up. Uh, you just don't perspective juror, can I just ask you one question? Your Honor, I, permission? Okay. Uh, if, uh, if the uh, accused is indigenous and the complainant is like, a white person, totally off camera would right you now. hate the accused because he's indigenous? I hate everyone. I'm a misanthrope, so. Do you think most... You know what? You're Do you still think on. most potential jurors are going to go, yeah, no, no, I hate him because he's indigenous. That's that's the funny part. You show up, you, you know. Yeah, because nobody it, wants to be on a jury. If you if you answered the question. I hate yeah, our system. No, I'm, I'm you, you know, can just tell I'm, some jur- I'm not prejudiced, but you're wearing a swastika on your t-shirt. Uh, there's no ability for us to kick him off. There's nothing. Nothing. They limited the ability of us to kick off people. If they have a swastika on their f-ing shirt or like an indigenous person with a f-ing line through it, nothing, nothing, nothing we can do. Yeah. Nothing. Actually, we can't do shit as a defense lawyer. Nothing. Isn't there a rule that you can't wear symbols in court? Uh, I don't know. I saw marijuana leaves. I saw. And I think I saw something with a finger on it. You know, like this? I was. Like that to Justin?